hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the Fallen Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I am Andy. I am Bruce. Uh, wow. We, uh, I just want to take this moment to thank everyone out there. Uh, we are about to hit 2,000 downloads total, uh, which is a really cool milestone. I think we hit the 1,000 back in December, so let's, uh, let's Cruising right along. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank everyone for listening, for sharing, uh, continue to do so. That really helps us out, because we love doing what we do. Um... That's it. Let's get on with the episode. <laughs> I've shown enough grac- graciousness. All right. Um, today, I, I, I've had this problem time and time again where uh, I find myself in a situation where I can, I can take somebody out of the game. And uh, I decide not to. And then immediately am followed up with that person taking me out of the game. Uh, so we figured... Let's let's sit down, dissect this in a heady kind of way, where, where how do you know when to take somebody out of the game uh, that just feels in the spirit of casual magic, you know? Right. Now, so just to be clear, right at the start, when you think that you've got an opportunity to take somebody out of the game, and that person is me, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> I just, just wanted to throw that out there right at the start. It's probably a mistake to take me out early on in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, same, same, yeah. same. Never take me out. Yeah. Just wait. <laughs> yeah, G- give it some time. Give it some time. Uh, I, I will I will undoubtedly offer some kind of assistance or, oh, yeah, yeah. or I'll, be, I'll be helpful in some kind of way or make the game just that much more fun. So, yeah, don't take me out early. All right, now that we're through the self-serving part... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's always tough because, I mean, we, we tout on this show, like, we want to make sure that everybody at the table's having fun. Right. Uh, now if, uh, there's, there's obvious <clears throat> variables here. Um, if it's early in the game, you have had, like, this huge start. If you can take everybody out, great. Do your thing <clears throat> if that's, you know, what... It seems like should happen. If right. you've got like this huge play that's really crazy, go for it. Everybody will, you know, laugh about it. Have have a good time with it. For me, with my Lelia deck, which we'll talk about next week, um, you know, she has haste. She can get real big real fast. I can. It. it she's essentially a Vol- Voltron commander. You just put a bunch of plus ones on her and let her go. Right. Um, it's easy to focus on one person, take mm. them out. But then you've got two other people that are like, that's scary. I don't want that to happen to me. So you <clears throat> you have to be able to like follow it up. You right. Know? And I think this is a, I mean, really the, foc- the focus of what we're looking at isn't, you know, ending the game early. Right. I mean, you can just build a more powerful deck and, you know. Wizards and and all sorts of people are always very happy to show you how to do that (laughs) so that everyone's playing a more powerful deck. So if you take someone out on turn five, don't worry about it. The game's going to be over in two turns. Um, That's not really what we're talking about. And I'm certainly not talking about anything where we all die essentially on the same turn. Um, 
we're talking about we're talking about a game that's going to last a little longer where you or someone else has the has the opportunity to take out one other opponent right we're looking at a game where someone gets eliminated and are left sitting there for 45 minutes waiting for the other three to finally wrap up their game because that's just how this game went <laughs> and it becomes i mean like andy said it, it's difficult because you want everybody to be having a good time yeah yet the the purpose of the game is to win the game right and one of the key components of that is killing an opponent <laughs> uh so you you really you know so it turns into this balancing act of when do you do it and just because you can doesn't mean you should um so we were thought we would go through a few of the uh you know a few of the situations a few of the options come up with uh you know situations when this happens and all sorts of you know suggestions or ideas as far as how to make this a little more palatable area for everyone in your group yeah and i think like for me um it is very much like like you said uh whether or not you can do it it's it's a matter of should you um you know for me there isn't really a card generally that you shouldn't be putting in your deck in a casual game for me it's always been it isn't about whether you have it in your deck or not it's about how you use it right um it's the well-timed counter spell and whether or not you actually even want to counter the thing um because if you're actively doing like if it is your opponent's big play you are in a, uh, a crossroads of do i have what it takes to follow this counter up and do an equally big thing my my turn or do i just counter their thing because i know it's a big thing and it, you know uh, now they feel bad because their big play is gone um so like with connecting it to taking a player out sure you can take somebody out but what does it do what how does that help you defeat the other two opponents how does it uh help them by them sitting there for 40 45 minutes um it just means that you found a weakness in your opponents and exploited it right no um, i mean game strategy wise right most of the time Mm-hmm. It makes sense to kill the opponent early. Yeah. Game strategy-wise, uh, it is unwise to, in the early game, do a, do a couple points of damage to each of your opponents. All you're doing is irritating all of them, and you're not getting <laughs> any of them significantly close to elimination. Strategy-wise, you should be choosing the opponent that you think is going to be the worst for you and focusing all of your efforts on that one player. Um that's just it's just sound strategy until that player demonstrates that they simply will not be the threat that you thought they were going to be right you're better off canceling it but um that's just not uh, just because it sounds strategy doesn't mean that it's something that you should be doing in a right. fun casual game with your friends because yes you are going to have somebody who's just sitting there watching the rest of this game because getting rid of one opponent is one thing getting rid of three is a whole other story so 
Um, for me personally, when it comes to that, when when it comes to looking at the 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 strategy wise, mm-hmm. um, the deck that I think about all the time is Yenit because Yenit for me is primarily a Voltron deck, and it creates situations where oftentimes by surprise I can take out an opponent because it's you know I'm flipping the top card and suddenly Yenit now has double strike and I'm doing commander damage or I'm doing instead of doing the seven damage I thought I was going to do I'm now doing 14 or you know some outrageous number and it means that especially when I know what that top card is and I know how much I'm going to hit for (laughs) you start looking around and realizing okay but if I swing I'm taking somebody out and it's still I know early in the game because one of my opponents is going to have a way to get rid of Yenit. So it's not as though I'm going to be able to march my way around the board and just go bang, bang, bang and machine gun everybody with Yenit. Right. I know that she's going to get killed and then I'm going to have to recost it or recast it for seven or nine and then try and do it all over again. And it does require some setup. So it's going to take some turns and it's going to take some time. So when I get that opportunity, that first time out, when I think I can take somebody out, I got to think long and hard over whether or not I'm actually going to do that. Yeah. Um, and I know for me, quite often, those are opportunities when I'm like, all right, I could take Andy out this, this turn, but instead I'm going to swing at somebody that I haven't swung at at all. And then I'll deal 14 to them instead of 14 to Andy on top of the seven nine or seven yeah. that, you've already, that he's already taken. So that way it sort of, it spreads it out, but it still brings everybody, you know, you yeah. want everybody teetering on the brink if you're not going to at least get rid <laughs> of them. So, um, so it's sort of how I run that one. Uh, and a lot of times if I can, I'll tone it down with the idea being, reserve the card hold on to it for the next time when i need it um it's you know it's just adjusting your your expectations with the deck so yeah it's definitely a thing where you kind of have to do the assessment on the fly because i mean you know you've also got people who rely on being left alone um throughout a lot of the game right um, whether they have a board presence or not, they're hoping that you leave them alone until they can just go off and kill everybody. Right. Um, I know that my Prismari deck, for the most part, sometimes does this, where it's like, oh, he's just playing a lot of lands, and that's about it. Sometimes he gets some treasures, sometimes he gets some artifacts. The artifacts aren't clearly mana sources because they're just artifacts but right. because of the commander they when can you get be. a couple turns when it looks like you're just sort of spinning wheels yeah and you're missing something right and um, then and then i've i mean i've won twice in the past couple months with crackle with power to just right do face damage <laughs> for 80 or whatever right um and there's a point where it's like all right i did the thing cool I just made a lot of mana. That's all I did. Um, it's out of nowhere is the thing. And your opponents, if they're not expecting it, um, 
more or less may be giving you some sort of mercy of like, oh, he's really not doing anything. Um, and so like to look at it from the other side of like, do you give somebody mercy and like either kill them outright because their deck hasn't been doing anything or, you know, leave them alone for X number of turns is also a hard decision. Um, and I mean, both ways could <laughs> in some way be considered the mercy play. Um, whether, you know, letting them shuffle their deck up, wait for the next game, or uh, letting them play out whatever thing they have, but that might also be part of their strategy. Right. I'm starting to talk in circles, but I think that's all right. Um, uh, taking somebody out of the game, especially if it's prematurely, um, should be a decision where you understand that they could be out for a while because you may be facing your own consequences of clearly being a threat. Um, But also, as I've experienced time and time again, not taking a person out because they're a threat, um, even if you don't think you can follow up the the kill with a win um, also can show that you're a threat uh, and that person just turns around and kills you anyway uh, so like there's never a right answer obviously um, until it's too late I mean hindsight you know hindsight's 2020 but uh, I don't know there was there was a point I was trying to make uh, that I'm going to leave it up to the listener to figure out. <laughs> uh, I've been talking to Hobbs today on Twitter uh, about just general, like, why does it feel bad to take somebody out of the game? You know? Why, like, this is a personal thing. I'm sure some people can relate. I'm sure some people cannot. And that's fine. Um, and he touched on something interesting, too, where a majority of our games, you and me, are with the same handful of people. Right. I generally haven't had the experience of playing with quote-unquote strangers, uh, people that I don't normally play with. But then, you know, we have things like BrewCon, where, you know, you have a dozen people over. We play games with people we haven't seen in months to a year. Uh, And it's a completely different experience. I think the games are slightly less high stakes, but, like, generally, like seeing these other people playing the game against them it it feels different and i i also had a point about that that i haven't figured out yet well, but a couple of things if you're in a play group where you're playing with the same people week in and week out mm-hmm. um then hopefully they're your friends yeah and i would feel badly and i hope anyone would <laughs> that they've that they've taken an opportunity for their friend to have fun and removed it because you've opted to eliminate them early. Now, there's all sorts of justifications for doing this, and uh, I'm not going to go through and list all of them. I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of reasons why, but in the end, I'm always going to feel bad about it. Yeah. Even when I know that this person is... Uh, that I have made, I have definitely made the right choice and made the right move. I'm still going to feel badly about it, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Um, 
when you start talking about something like BrewCon, where you're playing against people, uh, at least for me with BrewCon, are, these are people I know but don't get to play with very often, my reluctance to eliminate somebody early goes even higher. <laughs> uh, because I'm only going to get to play a couple of games with this person in a year. Mm. Do I really want to knock them out of the game early? No. No, I want to enjoy the experience of playing the game with them. Um, so, uh, so I might know that not taking out Carlos very early in the game is a mistake. If you can do it, you should do it. <laughs> However, no knock on Carlos. Carlos is an amazing player, and that's the reason you should take him out. Um, However, uh, if it doesn't, you know, if you don't do that, you know, I want I want him to stay in the game because I want to see what the deck's going to do. I want to chat with him. I want to I want to have that game experience. But I know that the correct play is to always swing at Carlos every opportunity you can. Mm. Um, the other part of an event like BrewCon, or more importantly, just a convention generally, um, if I when you know when I'm at PAX East, when I'm at Gen Con, and I'm playing Magic. Uh, in those situations, I have almost no issue with taking somebody out early. <laughs> because I'm looking around the room and there's 30 other Magic players sit, just sitting there at the tables. Mm. If I eliminate somebody early, it's not like they're going to have to sit there for 45 minutes and watch the rest of the game. That's fair, yeah. They can just get up and find another game. If anything, all I've done is, if I could eliminate you that early, it means you didn't have the answer to what I was doing. There's a very good chance you were mana screwed, you were uh, mana flooded, you uh, maybe maybe your deck just wasn't performing the way you wanted. Maybe the deck is super underpowered for the table that you were at. An early elimination in all those scenarios is just beneficial. Mm. And even if that's not the case, and you feel you were unfairly targeted but eliminated from the game early, all right. Throw your stuff back in your bag. Get up. Find three other players who are looking for a fourth. Plop yourself down and start playing that game. There's no, you know, there's, yeah. there's no sense of, oh, now it's you're It's not stuck. as harsh, yeah. Yeah, it's not as harsh. Um, so. It's interesting, too, because, like, the more you were talking about that, and that, I don't know why I hadn't thought of that like yeah. I, i'd never thought of like oh yeah duh because you can just find you just and, get up you just raise your hand and somebody's right. there you know um and i think too along with it is sometimes you know we play at the end of a thursday thursdays can be long it's right before the weekend yeah all these things um so like you know maybe not everybody is in the best mood or whatever and I know from from my own experience, I can be crabby around six thirty. You know, it's pre dinner. It's my meds have worn off. All these things, <laughs> uh, long, arduous day, uh, and so a lot of the the feeling of taking somebody out is also, I mean, a bit projecting, but. It, you can like kind of sympathize with them. You're like, oh, like you know, you had a crabby day or whatever, and now this, and uh, that's that's 
you know, something I shouldn't do to them. Right. I should just play the game and take them out. Um, but I think a lot of it says more to how much they're bringing to the table. Um, right. I know, you know, play against somebody like Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Uh, and he'll have these huge plays where he's like clearly taking over the board, Mm -hmm. but he knows, he knows that it's going to come bite him in the butt. And, uh, it's it's playing with him is, is, is an experience unlike any other. He, he exudes joy. He exudes this, like this, this, uh, contagious energy that just, you know, you could be being stomped into the ground by his, his, cascade deck and it just it feels amazing to lose to him but also it feels amazing to then like ha- like see the table kind of gather around this one mission right and either push the line back or whatever um and having the table understand this communal experience of the arch enemy experience essentially um in those cases i mean right. the, in the micro case of those few turns in the game um it is a relief from uh feeling bad about taking somebody out right it's just like oh they knew it was coming like you know these things right um it's <laughs> again from personal experience it's uh playing against poor sports that that uh Sours opportunity um, from taking somebody out, but. right? And that's uh, <clears throat> on the other end of it. Um, that's part of the reason why I try not to. Uh, I don't want to be that guy. Um, when I get eliminated early, um, just pack it up. Yeah, pack it up. Uh, I've got even even at my own house. If I get eliminated early, you just. You know, figure out your stuff, get your next deck ready, and hell, because it's at my place, go to the kitchen. I can, <laughs> you know, prep up something else, tidy something up, you know, get the place cleaned up, do whatever, um, or just you know, park yourself down, watch how the game, watch how the the game ends with the other players. Yeah. Um, the 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 key thing to remember as the player who's been eliminated early is somebody thought you were a threat enough of a threat to come at you early um and these are your friends uh just because you're not actually sitting there taking part in the game doesn't mean that you have to then stop being part of the banter being part of the fun of the evening Mm. so you can just keep that going and you know there have been plenty of times when i'll be looking at the board and uh it's interesting because i'll find myself uh more involved in the board state than I was <laughs> when I was playing the game. Because when I was playing the game, it was like, this is hopeless. I've got nothing. I'm looking at the board from my perspective, which was a doomed perspective. Yeah. And then as soon as that's gone, suddenly it's, okay, so now the person who just killed me, how do they get around to killing the next one? How does this work out? What kind of defenses can do other people have? No one tried to save me. So it would suggest that perhaps they can't even save themselves. Mm. Or maybe they can and they wanted me gone as well. And you just get to look at the board and, and work out a lot of this, this stuff without having to ever think about how you're going to respond. Yeah. It's so, definitely yeah. a thing where I love being a cheerleader. After I'm eliminated, I'm just like, right. oh my god. Like, 
how it like I it's 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 definitely a weird thing where it's like I could be a cheerleader for the person yeah. who took me out so that you know I lost to the best right but you know sometimes it's fun being that like antagonistic cheerleader right but I mean obviously if if you're you're really feeling it maybe step away from the table yeah um, I will say I, I know from experience that I've definitely needed to do that and didn't sure. and then people you know are like right. if you were planning to be the cheerleader uh, as the person eliminated please don't give strategy advice mm. don't point out things that are on the board uh, I have done this before it you're doing nobody any favors <laughs> um, let your opponents walk into walk into their mistakes um, you know it, unless you're a table where you know that once it's re- once it's revealed that they're gonna back up and fix it you know, oh, I wouldn't have attacked so-and-so if I had realized that this was on the board. Can I back up and do this? Well, if you know that the board's going to do that, then you can just be like, okay, so you can't go after so-and-so because they've got the flyer. You can say that, but if you're not a table that does that, right? then shut up. Yeah. Do not do that. Um, another thing I like to do when I'm still active and somebody's been eliminated is oftentimes I'll just pass my hand over to the over to the eliminated opponent <laughs> let them look at my hand and look at the board state and see, shake their head let and... <laughs> them see what i see or you know oh okay so this is this is going to be bruce's next play mm. and you know just to sort of get a sense for this or you know oh check it out bruce bruce is holding three lands <laughs> uh, clearly bluffing and has nothing going on um it's you know half the time I do that mostly because I'm trying to show them that this game's gonna end right like hang in there we got two or three more turns and there will be at least one more dead player on the board kind of thing so yeah oh man now I want to play some magic uh but before we go any further let's throw it to our break all right Uh, we'll uh surely talk about a cool sponsor that uh reached out to us Uh, and we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of Fallspot is brought to you by Unexpected Results. Unexpected. Now back to you. All right, then. All right. (laughs) Um, So today we're talking about taking people out of a game when it's the right time, uh, mechanically, emotionally, <laughs> why you would do it, uh, when to do it. Did I already say that? How to do it. What to do after. Um, when not to do it, really, is the biggest part so far. Right. So, when don't you? Um, game-wise, uh, I really believe that, I mean, a lot of times the person who gets removed early is the player who just doesn't have anything going on. Mm -hmm. They haven't been able to get a creature out early. Maybe they're land screwed, whatever. They're having a rough start to the game. If you are not the one who's the leader in this game, if you are not the powerhouse, Mm -hmm. you're just attacking this person because they're available to be attacked then stop doing it. <laughs> Don't eliminate this player. 
If nothing else, if you are not the leader in the game, that player is a meat shield. There is life points that the person who's controlling the game, who's leading, has to deal with. They have to issue that much damage. Now, sure, there's plenty of decks out there where it's just the damage is done all, all round. So it really doesn't matter if that person's alive or dead. But there are plenty of decks where that is not the case, where the, where you're, uh, the, the player in control of the game would have, has to go through and commit that much damage to each player. Mm-hmm. So don't take out the meat shield. This person is there. They're going to absorb damage. And even if they don't, even if the leader gets rid of you and the other player first and then finishes with the player who had a hard time, what was the benefit of you swinging at them? You left yourself open. You did this. You did that. Whatever. Unless you can truly justify it. Like you, you, you get to draw a ton of cards if you're attacking them. You were, you were forced to attack them. In which case... This isn't a choice. This was something that was put on you. Um, then why do it? Right. Just game-wise alone, it doesn't make sense to take out somebody else. That's another card draw that could go to helping you get rid of the the real problem on the board. Yeah. There have definitely been times, too, where I'm like, oh, like maybe I'm just like helping them out. Like Maybe they don't want to play this game anymore. But if that was the case, they can, they can scoop. They can scoop. Um, let them scoop yeah i i if players don't want to play they can scoop i you know that's fine yeah i'm not going to be the one who pushes them over the edge when somebody else should be doing that right like that's somebody else's job not mine there have definitely been times where i'm trying to like get anything onto the board and i'm just like so far behind from everybody and people are still attacking me because i'm open and it's like, well, like, come on. Well, especially when it's like, I'm, you know, you're open. Okay, great. But I'm also the one drawing, you know, I'm the one who's most likely to draw a solution to our current problem. Right. You know, this is, this isn't when you should be killing me. This is when you should be trying to find ways, ways to help me draw more cards. Mm. Or at least stay in the game longer. Uh, it just... It doesn't make sense at the, in situations like that to take the opponent out. It just doesn't. And I appreciate there are times when you think to yourself, yes, but I'm pretty sure I can take out the leader and then I'm the leader. So it will be beneficial to take this person out. And I appreciate that. But stuff happens. The other players are playing. Mm. Don't, you know, you can't plan so far ahead with the expectation that nothing is going to happen to stop that plan from, from, from coming to fruition. So just keep that in mind when you're looking, you know, when you're deciding who you're going to attack based on who's open and not based on who's the real threat to you. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild one. And it harkens back to, I mean, our episode, our early episode about, about threat assessment, because it is very much like, who's who's the bigger threat the person who's got like the biggest board presence the person with the most life it's like there's so much to take into account um that it's like it's it's a hard decision um that i i mean i'll always have trouble with um until i'm 
I mean, as stupid as it sounds, until I'm okay winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I think what it does come down to is like having that follow-up play. Um, you like really think about it until you have a clear line past just killing someone. Right. Um, I think um, it's it's you know along the same lines as is Cyclonic Rift, where it's like, all right, you did the thing. Now what? You know, you you set everybody back, or you mm-hmm. took this person out. Okay, now what? Like, yeah, congratulations, you've made Cyclonic Rift. Congratulations, you have just made the game unfun for three players. Right. Or you've eliminated one player. Congratulations, you just made the game unfun for that one player. How are you going to wrap this game right? so that we can get started on the next one? Because it's not like Cyclonic Rift is unfun inherently. It's following it up with two turns of nothing. Yeah. You know, which has happened uncountable number of times. Probably has happened more times than it hasn't uh, when that card is played. Uh, but it's, you know, such an easy defense, um, which could be said the same about it taking a player out. It's right. like, yeah, sure. But, like, if you talked to this person, maybe uh, you'll find out that they also don't necessarily want to attack you, but they see you coming at them all the time. So, right. um, I will say another... Another bizarre situation, but not that bizarre, I guess. Um, I am far more willing to take my opponents out early in a game mm-hmm. when we've reached 9.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who don't know, we play Magic on Thursdays. And generally speaking, we start around 6.30 and we tend to wrap sometime around 10. Mm. But sometimes it goes later. Mm-hmm. And... Generally, once the game hits 9.30, as far as I'm concerned, all bets are off. Because at that point, anybody who gets eliminated can pack up their stuff and go home. Because that's going to be the last game of the night, and we all know it. Yeah. And nobody, nobody should feel obliged to stick around and watch it right to the bitter end. They can simply go home when they're ready. So I don't feel badly about them not, uh, you know having to sit and wait and not enjoy the game when at that point in the night you can just pack up and and head out um you know that's not to say i eliminate that player every single time <laughs> after 9 30 uh there are still plenty of times when i you know try and spread the wealth but yeah um it's it's definitely another another bizarre uh consideration that, yeah that i you know something else that goes on the scale when I decide what I'm doing. Yeah, I think another another uh, premise for me that, that is definitely like all, all bets are off type of thing uh, is when that player is locking any one out of the game. Yeah. Either a single person or everyone. If they're starting to lock people out, then it's like, well, <laughs> we need to deal with this by the only way that we can, which is player removal. Uh, right. Same goes for things that are hard to interact with. Sometimes player removal is the answer. Right. Well, if one player is making the game unfun 
for one or more other players, mm-hmm. then the net the net of getting rid of that player is a net positive, <laughs> right? Because either you're equal, meaning it was one player or the other who's going to be not having fun, or you're getting rid of the one player that's preventing others from having fun. Therefore, now you've got more players having fun. Right. And generally, they'll probably be pretty understanding why they were taken out. <laughs> generally. Generally, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, most... I'd like to think most players can recognize when, you know, when they're in a situation where, oh, I, we're currently stuck in a board state where most of us can't really do much mm. because of that one player. And if you're not able to deal with the permanents that are causing the problem, then dealing with the player who owns the permanents is the next best thing. Mm. Arguably better. <laughs> because, you know, if it you deal with the hurt. permanents, they can just play them again. They find them again, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's it's always interesting, too, because then it, it goes to uh, this idea for me where um, there are times where you're just all of a sudden the threat and... Uh, how like how I don't I don't know how to word this the right way uh, but how unexpe- or how okay is winning unexpectedly you know how how fun is that for everybody else um, to me mm-hmm. considering what we're talking about here mm-hmm. and the idea of the early elimination player if the unexpected win means you are taking out all of your opponents, mm-hmm. then I'm a little bit more okay with that. Now, having said that, I am not a fan of combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate the idea of combo coming out of nowhere to win games. To me, that just encourages me and everybody else at the table to attack that player for the rest of the night because I don't know what they're going to play next. Mm. Are you going to play another combo deck? Maybe this is a combo deck and it doesn't look like one yet. But until I know for certain, I have to assume that it is. And that really wrecks it. So I tend to prefer to not, I prefer not to play against combo. Having said that, like I just said here, if it's a, you know, if you're winning out of nowhere, um, well, I mean, you just described, uh, what's the name of the card? Crackle of Power. Crackle of Power. I mean, I've won out of nowhere with Grey Merchant of Asphodel mm. in Grenzo. It just, I mean, it got flipped off the bottom. I mean, <laughs> talk about out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and it just happens. Now, everybody knows it's in the deck and they know this can happen. Same with Crackle of Power. At this point, everybody knows it's there. They know that this can come. Um, so, <clears throat> it's just, it's something that gets, that gets considered. And yeah. if that's the reason they're looking to eliminate you early, well, then, you know, that's the situation. Now, I think that um, what we've been seeing in the last few years as far as what Wizards produces, mm. um, I wouldn't call them two-card combos, but we're creating situations where it seems like one card can do a lot of things to create a setup that allows a handful of cards to be able to pull out the win. Right. And it's not just... I can look. I now have the ability to take out this opponent. It's look. You are all dead. <laughs> you know, uh, as the cards become more powerful, Wizard seems to be focusing on the idea that uh, really focuses on the multiple opponents. 
so they create cards that can manage with uh, multiple opponents which and which tend to end games suddenly and for everyone so right. uh really doesn't doesn't relate to what we're talking about because i don't want to get into you know power <laughs> level and eliminating all your opponents early yeah this is about one player getting eliminated early so um yeah and i i think that like it's it's always tough to take out a person prematurely um whether it's because you thought that they were this big threat and then didn't like you didn't think about you know your opponents following up that with them you know beating you down to not having a board state anymore or i mean nobody wants to see a player you know i don't know yeah nobody nobody likes premature ejection (laughs) from a game you know just sometimes the game requires that 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 it's the time Hmm. and unfortunately that that's just sort of where where it heads so yeah sometimes it's inevitable sometimes it's the right thing to do sometimes it's the wrong thing to do sometimes you do it and then you realize it's the wrong thing to do sometimes i mean there's all these scenarios that it's it's always impossible to tell but if you have a plan going forward then maybe it's not the wrong thing to do you know and i think that's what it comes down to for me is just have a plan past your current turn right um whether you're right about that plan or not, whether that plan gets disrupted immediately, um, you know, that's a different story. It's a different episode. Uh, and who knows? Maybe maybe that person that you're trying to take out has a way to interact so that they wouldn't die. Well, and really, uh, what you just said, I think, hits it right on the head have a plan beyond this mm. just because you have you know if you've created you know you've built up a bunch of mana for this one turn and now have the ability to eliminate that opponent okay what are you doing next turn because if the next turn means that oh instead of having 25 mana now i only have six and i can't repeat what i just did on and, and take out another player then are you sure that that's the player you want to take out? Are you sure that you couldn't be doing something else yeah. that allows all the players to stay in the game longer but would still be beneficial for you? you know, go through your strategy. Determine that this is actually the right play because you're about to make somebody sit there for a long time. And, you know, you better be sure that, you know, leaving somebody to sit and watch for 45 minutes and not have a particularly good time doing so is where you know makes sense and is going to be the best and is the correct play for you yeah it's funny because like the more i think about this episode and what the past 40 minutes or so has been i feel like people are gonna get the feeling that like i was taken out early lately and it's gonna be like this like weird salt infused episode but like that's not the case it's very much because i can like i'm i'm very much stuck in my own head about taking people out and i don't like i need to be able to like I need to logic my way through it. I need to figure yeah. this out because oh, I'll continually either I it's either I can't like I, I won't be able to bring myself to win or I'll feel bad about losing both 
aren't great options for me, and right. I don't want to stop playing the game. And I think, you know, as far as that goes, I've been eliminated. I've been the first one eliminated in games more often in the last two to three months mm-hmm. than I have been in the year before that. That's just it, it's yeah. just, it's cyclical. That's just the sort of the way it's working out. Um, and you know, who knows? Maybe the table has just decided that I'm a bigger threat than I used to be. Um, who knows? I couldn't. You're like I, news to me. <laughs> I couldn't say, but um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just you know, when it happens to me, you just you know take a deep breath and and uh, you know be a good sport about it. Yeah, because it it should be happening to you twenty. You know, you should be the first one out at least twenty five percent of the time. I think it's why I find myself so often in like third or second. You know, like never the first person taken out, never like the winner. But you know what? Sometimes that's the place to be. I like to be, um, for the longest time, I wasn't winning many games. Um, but what I did notice was I was playing as much magic as anybody else mm. because I was either winning the game or still in the game when it ended. Um, and, well, you know. I'm just trying to have fun, play some magic, and hell yeah, that was working for me. So, um, so I was always trying to make sure I was in there, right in there, right till the end. So, well, hey, speaking of having fun and going and play magic, yes. we're gonna go do that now. Sounds so, uh, thank you again to all our listeners. Thank you for sharing and supporting us through these past uh, sixty-seven episodes. Um, and thank you for getting us to 2,000 downloads. I think that that's really cool, and I'm really excited. I may not sound it, but I am. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We're Temple of a False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Thank you again, 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 so much for listening. Uh, have a great night, and may your fifth land be the Temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, Like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!